Happy anniversary, Kai. Thanks. That's not till tomorrow. Yeah, I'm getting in early. Whoa, that's exciting. What's so funny is that we've been so busy that actually we both woke up in the middle of the night last night for like an hour where you wake up and you can't get back to sleep and it drives you crazy. Because you were drunk? No, I wasn't. You had probably one and a half bottles of champagne. With someone else. (laughs) By yourself. Before you even left No, home. I didn't drink that whole bottle. You drank a fair bit. Anyway, I you did. woke up because you were a little yeah, bit I was alcohol. Actually, in- yeah, the heat was escaping my body. Like I was getting hot flushes. And I was, it was, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Anyway, and then I was awake and then you were awake. And then you go, did you realize it's our anniversary on Tuesday? And I said, no, I forgot. <laughs> and we had both forgotten. Yeah. I feel good about that because normally I'm the one that forgets. I know you do. But you know what I'm also excited about? What are that you we excited we're past about? that seven-year rich. Like how many years have we been married? I'm trying to work that out today. Do the maths. 2011. Oh, so we just passed it. Just. And you still no, like me. Yeah, I love you. Thanks. Because you're amazing. Even though you did say the other day, what did you say? You're not everyone's cup of tea, that's for sure. That's even worse was that you said, that's for sure. Like as if... That's for sure. It's a definite that most people would not fancy me. Sad. That doesn't mean that at all. It means that you're not everyone's cup of tea, that's for sure. Right. So I'm like the, the weird tea, like the licorice root tea that only some people like. No. No? No. What kind no. of tea am I? Do you know that, Earl Grey? That saying herbal. is a bit weird anyway because, like, let's face it, not everyone likes tea. I'm a coffee person, right? So Are it that, should be – you're not everyone's cup. Of hot beverage? Of something. It should really say that. But, um, no, I did realise afterwards that was a little bit offensive, but, you know. You I were mean, joking though, weren't you? I wasn't joking. I oh, was, no, that's oh, really sad. Oh, no. <laughs> not everyone's cup of tea. That sounds terrible. No, because... Like, like only 1% of the male population would actually want to go out with me. Great. That explains heaps. That's probably not a bad thing. Why? It's like the time you said years ago when we first started going out, you sang that disgusting Joshua Catterson song to me. You will always be beautiful in my eyes. So, in your eyes, no yep. one else's eyes. You think I, I should be. be happy with that, but actually, I want to be beautiful in everyone else's eyes. You want to well. be? It doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. Yeah, that's, that's true. But it's not true. But it is <laughs> disappointing if that's the case. I know. I'm just trying to reassure myself that, you know, you're going to stay, oh, with, oh, gonna stay with me. Hang on. Oh. It's like that song. If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, better make an ugly woman your Oh, no, never make a pretty woman your wife. That's the lyrics no, that no, song. No, no, no. No, no, that's so, not what it's about. You're quite a good looking lady. Not quite a good-looking, very good-looking lady. But not everyone's company. Well, you've got an extreme personality. You reckon? It's not extreme. Oh, man, we can't, can't dissect this Yeah, okay, let's not, anyway. let's not push it apart. But you, I think you're brilliant. Anyway. I think you're brilliant. And oh, my eyes, my eyes think you're beautiful. <laughs> God help me. Doing that. I remember, we actually, that reminded me when we were talking about tea, not everyone's cup of tea, and we were saying if you were a beer, what kind of beer you would be. Oh. Do you remember? Me, yeah. But yeah. We didn't act, I didn't actually get an answer from you. I said you'd be like one of those craft brew beers that looks like it has a fancy label and looks really good on the outside, but then tastes not so great. <laughs> that was only to get back at you for the tea comment. <laughs> that's, all, that's all right. At least people are giving me a try. 
giving you a try. All oh, right, and giving, then they spit you out and they never buy you again. You're a one. You're only a once off. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. That's not true. I, I don't w- think I you're like that. At least it's a talking point. You know what I think? You're one of those pack surprise packages of different beers. Oh, you open you know, it up. It's get, a 24 pack yeah, and there's one get, of each yeah, in there. Yeah, one of each in there. And you get to try a little bit of something here, a bit of something there. You reckon that's me? Yeah. What sort of beer would you be? Or would I don't you even really actually, drink beer. I know, but like what sort of beer would you be? I don't know. Probably one of those beers that I don't know I like. Like, you know, when we go to a bar and I say, I feel like a beer on the rare occasion. And then I go, Kai, what beer do I like? Because I actually always forget the type of beer. Is it a wheat beer? It's like a sweeter one. It's not so bitter. Yeah. So which is that? Like a Hefeweizen. That's what you like. That's what you like. We're saying what sort of beer would you be? Yeah, well, that's synonymous with that. Could I be like a Hefeweizen? Nah. You would be... Lefe. You'd be more mm. like a leffe put into Ooh. an elegant glass. Oh, thanks, honey. Yeah, that tastes amazing. But on the inside, secretly VB. <laughs> Bit dirty. Yeah, that's right. You've got the dirty <laughs> label, but you taste beautiful. Oh, the other way around. No, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, honey. Oh, that's lovely. That's right. Oh, it's very special. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to you. All right. Guess what? Um, the kids are in bed. That's oh amazing. God, that's so good. I'm so glad they're in bed. Oh, that's the best thing ever. <gasps> Guess what else? What else? What else? Well, I spoke to um, Michaela the other day. I interviewed Michaela. Oh, Michaela. She's Michaela cool. Burger. She's got a delicious last name, Burger. And uh, we talked about her show that she um, has just had in the Fringe Festival. And she actually won uh, a Frank Ford, like a Fringe Award, like the award. Oh friend. wow! Yeah. That's exciting. Amazing. She has got a beautiful voice. She does, and she for does. a little for a little pocket rocket, like she she's a little person. She's tiny. she probably goes up to my kneecap. Yeah, um, she's got a belting voice. She does. Yeah, beautiful voice. She does. So uh, yes, Michaela, I spoke to her, and she's talking about vegetarianism and Buddhism. It's all very it was all very wholesome, actually. Holistic. Yeah, there wasn't a a lot of me. Talking and just being ridiculous, so well, I don't think so. You know, I let I let her get lots of words in. Did she um sort of stand up or sit down? Did I you couldn't s- tell. Did you- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michaela, you're Michaela, not that small. Michaela, Actually, you are pretty small. Yeah, Michaela, it's beautiful when we um catch up with you that you always chew at my ankles. I realise that you have so many short people jokes. Yeah, like I do. we have uh, a few friends who are short, and you'll be like, you'll go past the shout caravan. Out, shout out to them. Yeah, oh, shout out. We go past like the caravan store, and there's like a tiny little caravan up the top of the the caravan sign as a little you know gimmick, so you can see it as you go past. And you're you're like, there's so and so's caravan, like Michaela's caravan, or whoever else is small. The, the interesting thing about that is um, that could be Michaela's caravan, but. Her husband wouldn't fit in. Oh, and that's amazing. Yes, her husband is huge. Yeah, he'd pick that up and eat it. Yeah, he is with huge. her in it. I know. <laughs> it's amazing that she's managed to find the tallest man on earth to yeah, be with. Brilliant. You know, like if she ever had babies, I don't know how that would atomically happen. Like it, it would work. It doesn't happen with couples like that. Oh man, it would. It would either be a shrimpy baby or like a giant baby, <laughs> like a tiny shrimp. It would come out. It'd be the same size as Michaela mm. and. Probably look like her husband. Yeah. So Michaela's cool. She's fun. She's heaps of fun. I'm sure the podcast is fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Is it? Yeah, it's good. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> we find the defendant. Fault. We find the defendant. Fault. 
fault, was it? Find I'm sorry. So sorry. Find fault? Oh, I'm so sorry. Guilty. The Guilt Trip. <gasps> Michaela Lucas. Tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we couldn't have planned that I if know. we tried. How we good didn't rehearse. <laughs> we didn't, actually. For those of you at home who were just mesmerised by our... Uh, Amazing godsend voices. Uh, <laughs> Michaela and I actually we trained together at the Conservatorium of Music at the Eldercon, the mm, Con, the as con, we like to call it, uh, and that's how I met Michaela. And she was a year younger than me. Yes, at, at the Con, but that's I look exciting. about ten years younger than you. No, oh, that's actually true because <laughs> I'm four the, foot. 11. She's the shortest person you'll ever see in the most ever. beautiful way. Ah, oh, thank you. I love it. <laughs> And you've just done the fringe, so that's all happened. How was that? It was, it was fantastic. so good. It was so much fun, but I'm glad that it's over. Why I, are you glad it's over? Because the pressure behind the yeah, performance. Because I was producing it, so it's not just performing. It's actually doing ticketing, and I did a big thing, a big event where people got to eat food as well before yes. the show. And I and Fringe didn't have the capacity to actually book, uh, so people could go on and book what table they were at. So I had to actually like a wedding put 350 people <laughs> on seats every night. Did they get bonbonieri? They did not get bonbonieri, <laughs> but they had a candle on their table Beautiful. and a table number. Oh, that would have been a bit like a wedding. It was as like a well. wedding. I had to have the list in the foyer so people knew what table they were at cuz Fringe couldn't give me the permission to email each person to let them know. Yeah, of course. So it was a lot Hard. of work. Yeah. But it was so worth it. Definitely. It was so much fun. Because you have a fabulous show. But just before we can talk about the show, mm. it was Greek food that you It had. was Greek. Who did the Greek food? They're called the Greek Palace and oh. they are in – they're an event company. They don't have a restaurant. They're like a catering company right. and they do gluttony and they've got a stall in gluttony and the Garden of Unearthly Delight. <gasps> so what food was there? So Tell me about so, the food. Oh, my God. It started food. off with pita and um, dips, taramala salata. Oh, and I love that one. And my hummus. kids love the taramala salata. <gasps> so good. Tarama, so good. we call it. And Tarama. it's so salty. Maybe that's so why they love salty. it. But Skylar will say, oh, pink dip. I want the pink dip. Yeah. Well, the actual traditional one isn't pink. What do you mean? They, they colour it. Hang. Stop the yeah. clock. What do you mean? It's not pink. It wasn't pink. Because it's like cod fish roe, isn't it? Yeah, but the traditional one isn't. I think the pink rose actually died, isn't it? Gosh. Anyway. You've just blown my mind. Yeah, like, if you go to Uranus, you probably find the natural one, which is just oh. cream colour. Okay. But we oh, had okay. that and hummus. And then the main meal was lamb on the spit, chicken and pork. You would have had like people platters. running to the toilet in the last part of your show, surely. Like, <laughs> no. I would no, have been lamb. No. Lamb. Gets me every time. And then Greek salad and chips. Oh, and a full belly and some good, uh, well, I wouldn't say, I would say entertainment, but your show, The Migrant Sun, can you just give us a bit of a background on the, on the show and then I think it will sort of sell itself. So um, I was asked to put it together for the Adelaide Cab Fest last year. Ali McGregor was really interested in it mm. because it speaks about, because she was interested in the topic of what happens to first generation, second generation um, migrants, like people, children of migrants and great grandchildren of migrants. She's also, I think because she's a grandchild of an Italian, I think their family migrated from Italy in one one section of them. So I hadn't written the show yet and I'd proposed this thing of doing a story about my dad and with all original music and la la la. I was proposing her all this other stuff like a Dolly Parton show and all this like ridiculous <laughs> stuff and then I said this thing about my dad and she's like, that's, that's the one we want and I was like, 
I don't even know if I can do that. Yeah, and I wow. freaked out. But I said, okay, yeah, sure, that which is easy. what we do. Yeah, wow. I can do that. And then I started writing. So it took about 18 months to, to write it. And as I was writing it, I realised that I had to go like to talk about my dad, I had to go back to my great grandfather who had who had basically jumped on a ship in mm. Greece, not knowing where it was going, and left his wife, who was pregnant, and the other three kids in the village. She thought he was dead for years. That was after the war, wasn't it? The Second World War. It, that was the First World War. It was the First World War? Oh, is it was? It wasn't the First World War. Of it course. was a war in with Russia, Turkey, and Greece. This whole. It, I, I've tried to research it. That's and the it's, complex war, isn't it's it? It's very complex. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I am not very good at history and remembering dates oh. and stuff like that. So I just, I keep reading it and going, I'm not sure if that was the war. There was a lot of changing of borders around that time, there, I think, wasn't there? So there it was, was just... like, and Turkey was occupied by Greece, then it was occupied by blah, blah, mm. blah, you know. Anywho, so then I thought I've got to go back to him because his qualities are probably what, I see in dad and what I admire in dad. So then the story starts off me going, oh, yeah, I, I um, had my confirmation. I had to choose a name and I was bored with all the saints of the names. They didn't, the saints' names didn't really inspire me. But I thought, oh, my dad, he inspires me. He has performed miracles. I've seen him overcoming things that you'd never think a mm. human could overcome. Then I go, well, if I'm going to tell the audience a story, we have to go back to the very beginning, which was my – it goes to my grandma arriving by ship after not seeing her father for 12 years. She pulled into Port Melbourne. And then from her arriving and saying, why did you leave, Papa? You know, why Why were you – why? Then it flips back to him saying, this is why I left. So I become my grandma, then I become my great-grandfather. Which you do a beautiful job of impersonating mm. your family as no, well. It's just so, so much pressure. I know. <laughs> but it's so beautifully done and – you get to know you on stage and I think that's such a vulnerability to be able to get up on stage and tell your story, your family story. That's where your roots are in such detail and do it so well and convey those characters. But I was also thinking what a it's a beautiful homage to <laughs> to your family as well to be yeah. able to be them on stage because I started thinking – you know, I think everyone, no matter what your background was, was reflecting on their family and how, you know what, even though we've got a whole lot of crazy people and this happened and that happened, they're really individual special people. I think that's what I I got from from your performance as well, that each of those people were individual people who had yeah. a story to tell, even though yeah. they're not here anymore necessarily. So Yeah, and also they're the reason why we're, we are where we are. That's right. So since you've seen it, there's been a few changes. Like, oh, a, yeah. Of course, because I'm always editing my scripts. Oh, you got to. <laughs> got to edit the scripts. Yeah. And um, I don't know whether you remember it ended with my dad and, you know, how my great-grandfather would be proud of him now. But Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But then now I actually end it, I do bring it back to me because at the end of the day – I go, well, like, and here I am, you know, living my dreams because he left Greece so many, you yeah. know, nearly 90 years ago. He made that decision to get on a ship. That's amazing, isn't yeah. it, when you think about that, it's where very we've weird. come from. And, yeah. Oh, we could still be in the village, you know. I could still be in a little village in a in Amadis, it's called, in, on the island of Chios. You can't even drive your cars in the village because really? it was built so long ago. Yeah, wow. I could just be in that little village. You could still be there. I wouldn't mind that, actually. Oh, it could be relaxing. You wouldn't have to be life. a performer, would oh, you? Oh, no. Well, you I could just be, still be a Greek singer oh, in you the could. village. Yeah, nah, in the local pub. Nah. Yeah, like you say. Mm. Have you ever done one of those DNA testing kits? No, but my uncle did on my Italian side because I'm half Greek, yes. half Italian, right? Oh. And, and hilariously, 80% Greek. 
Oh. On the Italian <laughs> side. And my mum's like, that can't be true. This is my mum's brother. Yeah, it's funny because we've always, people have always asked my sisters and I, do you feel more Greek or Italian? And I always say Greek. And I thought it was because um, my gra- my grandma was alive until 94, my Greek grandma. Mm. Whereas my Italian grandma, firstly, she was born in New York. So she was born when they wow. were migrating to Australia. Are you like, why did you leave New York? I know, Broadway. <laughs> to Adelaide. What was I going on no, there? They ended up in Sydney. That's okay. like, but she also had Alzheimer's for 15 years before she died. Mm. So we never really knew the Italian traditions like we know the Greek sure, ones. Sure, you have an affinity to the Greek. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Culture. So wow. so we always have felt more Greek because that culture is stronger in our family. But now I'm genetically more Greek anyway. There you go. You know it. Isn't that Only funny? Only 20% Italian. Oh. Although I, we haven't been tested because – Everyone's DNA is different, isn't yeah, it? And though? the Greek side could be more – In well, you. There's Turkish. There's Turkey. There's, there's definitely Turkish in there. But we're all a mix of everything. Oh, that's beautiful. Gypsies. Gypsies. Kai did that, actually. He did the DNA mm. testing. I bought it for him for Christmas when mm. he bought me a cactus, which is a very unfair yeah. swap of presents. Not that it's about presents, but that day it was. Anyway, so I gave him the DNA to, and he had to spit in the little tube and send it off. And then he got an email and it told him, you know, where he was from. And where was he, he from? Wasn't re- well, it wasn't a surprise being that his background's German and it was mostly Germanic and, wow. you know. It's still but, cool though. Well, he didn't think it was that cool. But I'm wondering if he didn't want to make a big deal of it because it would have shed light again on the on fact that he... how bad your present was. Yeah, well, mm. yeah. Anyway. Kai. But then, I know, what's he doing? We'll talk to him about that. Yeah. But the interesting you talk about while we're talking about DNA and generationals, that sort of thing. It made me think about in regards to feeling guilty, that post-traumatic trauma really that is carried through, they say, through your genes and your DNA and you can pass it on to your, your grandchildren. I think it's called, what's it called? Epigenics apparently oh. is the new study of that and so how that I works. I that's so true. Do you feel, did you come across any of that in writing of the show? 100%. I, without being a spoiler alert, there are, you remember there are a few really low parts in the show Mm. that I wasn't even alive for. Yeah. And while I was writing, because I've written all the music as well, while I was writing one of the songs about someone who passes away in the show, definitely not going to tell you who. In tears, P.S. Oh my God. Yeah. I was crying so hard after this show. And this is the thing. This is, this is someone who I never, ever met. And while writing the song, I was in pain. Like I was in so much pain, crying and crying and crying. And then mm. I thought, how the hell am I going to do this on the stage? Yes. Especially knowing that my family's in the audience and it's part of the family, you know? Yeah. So, and, and it was hard. Like when I first did it, I did a preview season in Melbourne. The first, like you were talking about vulnerability before. Jesus, the first time I got, did the show was the scariest time I've ever stepped on stage in my whole career just because I didn't know if yes. – I'm like, this is my story. How, why is anyone going to care about it? And what if they don't like the songs? They're all original. It was this whole inner – Oh, that would – the ultimate, dialogue. as you say, it's yeah. you. It's me. It's not and putting that, on a character. And why is someone going to enjoy that or why is it going to touch someone or – Exactly. Um, but, yeah, and so – but knowing that my family – because my uncle – one of my uncles came to the show in Melbourne and the night that he was there, I getting through that song was the hardest. Like I actually just cried the whole way through because I knew that he was alive during the time when that family member wow. passed away. That's amazing. And that it was traumatic for everyone. Like it was a really traumatic experience. So, yeah, Definitely. I did. I really, it's almost like you released it. They do say you can actually change how you – so if you – you know, for example, they were talking about – um, I was reading an art- article about Holocaust victims oh, and obviously gosh. their great-grandchildren 
carrying on this sort of guilt, but it can be you can change that that makeup in your in your body and how what the sort of the pain that you're carrying oh, wow. from generations prior. So oh my gosh, this is quite amazing. It's a this big whole responsibility. Whole, though, I know, isn't, isn't it? it? To break mm. that cycle and release, release. So maybe that's part of that release as you were writing these songs was very therapeutic. Maybe yeah. I mean I did have to get some therapy after the after I finished the first season. Did you really? Mm. I, wow. I was in a really I crashed big time like I I actually was I think for maybe two weeks I just couldn't get out of the house I couldn't I was like I pulled up a mattress in front of Netflix and not even watched Netflix all day but was just I couldn't move and I thought oh, I'm just exhausted from the whole build-up of writing for 18 months and then because I was touring at the same time as writing I was touring a different show yeah at this, and it's full, full on. on it's so full on, full on <laughs> snap but I yeah I just crashed and then I was like I've got to speak to someone I have to speak to my a beautiful therapist that I have and she said well, what was the show about and I told her and she's like oh my gosh she said you've basically processed all these traumas that your family's been through wow. and the ups and downs not just the traumas but you've you've actually you're and she said that one person often takes on the processing of an entire yes. family. So she said, no wonder you're exhausted. Like it's, yeah. it's, and also in Adelaide when I first did it, all my family came. My cousins, second cousins, third cousins, fourth cousins, everyone was in the audience. What was the reaction from your family, um, particularly your dad? I mean, dad's just proud. <laughs> and, and and he's like, God, it's the best, it's the best. Because that's how he is. He's with you with everything. He's everything, you're the best, the best. You're you're the could best. stand there looking like a tree. And he'd be like, I oh, honestly amazing. think I could do a poo on the stage. And he'd be like, I'm so proud it's of you. Art. It's so modern. No one's ever done this before. No one's done it. That's the thing. No one does what you do. Like, yes, they do, Dad. Really? No one craps on the stage. Million, yeah, there's millions of people in the world, oh, Dad. Um, that's beautiful. But, yeah, so he – I actually read it to mum and dad before I even performed it. I sat them actually in this room that Gave we're in now. heads up. And said, this is, get get a wine. I want to talk you through the show. And I didn't sing the songs for them because I thought that they need something exciting for the night. But I said, this is the story. And as I started, because it's not focused on him, he loved it. Like Because right. I went back to the ancestors and he's elbowing mum going, oh, it's good. It's good. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then he's <laughs> stopping me going, that happened. That actually happened. I'm like, yeah, dad, I know that's why it's in the show. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. And then he'd start oh, wow. <laughs> he'd start going off and saying more details. I was like, yeah. dad, no, 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 I can't add any more. I've had to cut so much. It's written. He got excited he about it, He got so it, excited. He? And oh. I was like, no, 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 you, that's it. You can't. I've got to stop now because it has to be 70 minutes for the cab fest and that's all I can do. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So he was, he was proud. And the rest that's of the family, much. they were really touched, I think, because I also talk about my second cousin's mum, you know, her the lineage. It's the lineage, basically. Wow, they would have been had, – had such pride and maybe ownership of something, I think, because mm. if someone comes out – it's like when someone shows you in the family the family tree and yeah. they've done it and they've gone to all that effort and you go, oh, you know, it's this great – oh, I'm part of that. That's cool. Yeah, well, thank you for yeah. doing that. It's very yeah. – it's like a lovely nod to the whole – your family history it's wonderful and you sing all the songs beautifully and i love them especially that first one is it um the what if one yeah that's my favorite yeah really yeah oh that's nice yeah with my grandma (laughs) arriving yeah yeah Yeah. it's emotional it's it's exciting but emotional as well because you're thinking this little 12 year old you think of 12 year olds today unbelievable being taken from their country but not having any knowledge not having google not having snapchat 
No anything. one's going to say. They're not got Instagram going, oh, my God, where am I going? Like, hashtag, oh my God. hashtag Australia. Like, hashtag, hashtag, oh, my God, poor. Exactly. Yeah, hashtag poor. Hashtag island in Hasht- Greece. Hashtag immigrant. <laughs> I know. Like, if you think of that, they had no idea no. at all oh. where, where they were going. Like, it's And she hadn't seen her dad's. He left when she was two. She came, she arrived when she was 14. That's insane. Not that they... Not that she was adopted or anything like that, that he was still her father, but she just didn't see him for 12 years. And he was just sending money back home. I that's, know, so sad yeah. how they did that. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. That's like my grandparents were 10-pound palms and coming oh, out. Oh, they were, were they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But why would you leave your family, your whole family? You know, in those days, they've got so many brothers and sisters. Mm. You think, I don't think oh, I could do that now. You know, no. and or, but, knowing that you couldn't communicate with that's them. That's the thing. We can you know? do it now because we've got FaceTime and Skype and you feel like you're watching, you feel like you're talking to them anyway. That's right. But back then, even a letter took months. I know. Snail mail. Snail mail. (laughs) But going back, hang on, you said something about you watching Netflix because I know you as someone who, you're not a big watcher of TV and you're very zen. This is how I see you. Oh, that's a projection. You're very zen, isn't it? (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) A very zen person and I, I think, oh, she always feels so calm around Michaela Aww. and she just brings a lot of love and light to the room oh. and energy. Energy. And ding, ding, ding. And, yeah. And so when you said you were sitting there watching Netflix, I was like, what? What do you mean Netflix? Because mm. you, uh, you practice Buddhism or you are a yeah. Buddhist. Yeah. So do oh, you – f- I practice Buddhism. Is that what you say? Yeah, I think I feel funny going, I'm a Buddhist. Okay, yeah. I don't know. You kind of hate really that weird. whole connotation. Well, it's just that? a weird thing because everyone's now Buddhist. Um, but I study, you know. Yes, we you, study Buddhism, sure, and yes. and learn about it, and and try to practice. I mean, it's very hard to day life. Yeah, well, try because yeah. it's it's a it's a very complex, in depth philosophy. Well, it's something that you probably spend. Is it something you're meant to spend a whole lifetime oh, yeah. learning before you? Make headway. You can't just sort of go, oh, I've got it. Oh, I'm a Buddhist. I've yeah, got everything I mean, under control. If you control. think you've got it, then you definitely haven't got it. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, yeah. <laughs> but Anytime people, I think, oh, my God, I've got it. No, no. <laughs> but there's people that would, though, that you're saying everyone's a Buddhist. They probably mm. read like one quote, you know, yeah. from Buddha and then yeah. suddenly they're like, oh, yeah, I'm practicing Buddhism. Which is still okay if, they, if it helps them. Good point. Like if it helps people, I say anything, any religion, anything. Anything positive, true. Anything that makes people, helps them find any peace in life, I think do it doesn't matter what it is even Scientology if it I know there's all this bad rap on it I've never been never seen it been involved or anything but you go well if it helps people if it makes people more positive if it helps them deal with their own stuff like yeah you know what I actually the other day I think it's in what it is in the city their office oh yeah yeah, yeah. I always drive past it I know and I I'm so curious. Like, I really want to go in there. Let's go together. And do a test, but with a clear vision that I'm walking out of there, not a Scientologist. <laughs> Can you imagine you and I would totally get hooked? No, no. Would you? Would you get hooked, do you I'm think? I'm a hooked kind but of person. No. No, no, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. No. You wouldn't. But I, I find it fascinating because I've watched all the documents. So you yes. said about Netflix. Oh. This is the kind of stuff I watch on Netflix. I'm obsessed with documentaries. Louis Theroux is my hero. Brilliant. Absolute hero. And then, like any any documentaries, I just love documentaries. But I like watching movies and stuff like that as yeah, well. A bit but rom com here and there. But you're right, documentaries are very. Documentaries. You walk away I with something. I prefer independent movies than rom coms. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I do. I, yeah, and I, but I don't watch TV. Like we don't have TV at mm. home. <laughs> I find it a yes. waste of time. Well, it is a waste of time. Yeah. It's very but, distracting. Yeah, but if you've got the intention to sit down and watch a series to switch off or something. 
totally do that's, it that's me it's like i'm thinking no yeah. like there's a, obviously a lot of people have a tv in their bedroom and i'm yeah, like i can't no, no tvs in the bedroom no i can't do that bad feng shui it's mm. going to ruin your sex life surely Tort. don't you think well i we're not in the habit of watching something and going to oh hang on maybe we do sometimes but not in the bedroom no no, no. i mean not unless we're in a unless we're traveling and we're in a hotel and you watch it you know that's right how exciting is yeah, that but it's a little like novelty but yeah i don't i get really agitated with tv with ads and when you i sit there and channeled flip i'm the worst channel flipper in the world because i always <laughs> think that something better is on another channel and then by the time you've done that you're tired that and it's been half an hour yeah. yeah and then you're like <laughs> i'm just turning it off i'm just going to bed no <laughs> oh but going actually you're being buddhist again we could talk yeah. about that. that's like a whole like hours and hours <laughs> that's a whole new a show documentary isn't it it's that could be your next show i'd love that too but I don't think people come. But <laughs> tell me, tell me about the the food aspect of it, because sometimes I'm confused. This is what I think: yeah. is it that you, if you're given something, no matter what it is, you accept that someone's given you food and you eat it? That's all I know. Is that not right? Uh, there's no actual like in Buddhism. There's not actually a rule about rules. Food. Like it's it's very it's it's very complex. I mean, some Buddhists are vegetarian because of. Or, or vegan because of the vow to not harm Kill other it. beings. Yes, but then the in Tibet, which is the Buddhism that we follow, is Tibetan Buddhism. They couldn't grow vegetables because of the terrain, so they had to eat meat, and so they eat meat. And what the Dalai the land Lama provides, isn't it? Exactly. And the yeah. Dalai Lama, he he has to eat fish every now and again, and he does. It's not not black and white. Like no. that's the thing with Buddhism, which I love, Damn. and which is good for my brain because my brain gets very black and white. There's no Set real wrong or right besides like killing someone or actually purposefully having the intention to hurt another person sure but that still is the word redeemable like you can still yes. you can still purify that you can still go far out are we allowed to swear yeah fuck i made you know <laughs> fuck i killed <laughs> someone <laughs> far out um like i made i made a mistake and i feel so much remorse it's actually not about or may God forgive me or may Buddha forgive me. It's actually forgiving yourself. Like it's very, it's very self-reflective. And I mean, the Buddha and do not, I'm the worst at remembering word for word, but said something like, you know, you've got to polish my, my teachings. Like don't take my teachings word for word. You've got to actually go in and, and look at it for yourself before you believe it. Mm. It's not about going, this is what the Buddha said. And that's right. Like the mind is the root of everything. Is it? And then you sit there and you go, is it? Am I? What? Okay, well, am I thinking about Tamara now? Is that exactly who Tamara is? Or am I just making that up? You're making it up. Yeah. Projection, like you were saying before. Yeah. Right? So Mm -hmm. it's... it's, Who am I? And it's it's analysing. That's what I love about it. It's not... And and actually, Yonks, my husband, is a lot better at this than I am because I'm still quite black and white with stuff. But he's very much... Actually, nothing is what we think it is. Nothing. No, you it's know, all in our perception. It all in our perception. perception. It's like tree falling in the woods business, isn't it? Yeah, like that Zen Buddhism. Buddhism yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I do, going back to the food thing, I oh, like, yeah, the food even though thing. I made that yeah. up, I think, maybe I made that up, that you have no. to eat whatever food that someone gives you. That's So there, there's different vows that people take. So I like if, that. If you're, if you're, if you're a um, nun or a monk, if you're a monastic. <laughs> oh, my God, I want to be a nun. Is yeah. this what this means? So if you're a monastic, there are vows that you take. That might be one of them that you – there's certain time of the day that you only eat one meal a day or two. But you take a vow and you can take a vow for anything. You can say, 
I'm taking a vow to not eat chocolate in order to benefit beings. Yeah. Right? And then every time you don't eat that chocolate, you're actually thinking, may all beings who have addiction to chocolate benefit from not eating, from me not eating this chocolate. Wow. So you're kind of, everything is about everyone. Sure. It's Um, not such a selfish thing. So it's more the vows. And I mean, I I was telling you before that I had a struggle, speaking of guilt, um, because I'd been vegetarian, not vegan, vegetarian for like 19 years. And then I had this very bad hip injury and my yes. body was kind of deteriorating a bit, to be honest. Like I was getting – I say getting because I'm hoping that I've kind of cured it, but as if I have – but uh, osteoarthritis. So and Yeah, and I just had this gut feeling and I don't think it's I don't think it's for everyone. I think just my body, I had this gut feeling that it's because I hadn't eaten properly for the last nine you – know, and as a teenager, you know, I was, yeah. a, I was a vegetarian. But not a good vegetarian. Like I, I, I would have like – Spaghetti. Well, no, because I'm also gluten free. Oh god. I'm an original gluten free person, by the way. I'm an original. Like not it's <laughs> not, not one of these bandwagons. From when I was like ten. So um, what did you what did you eat then? Well, like, you know, but a piece back of back then there was no gluten free crackers or bread. No. Well well I would have you know, I remember being when I was studying in London and I would just eat like a packet of corn thins all day oh. and stuff like that. Yeah. Or then, you know, tahini on a corn thin, that was my dinner. <laughs> and that's Lady. like not food. What is that? So imagine how I feel now. So then I started eating meat again. That's amazing that you did. Okay. When I lived in Denmark, that's funny, but this is because I didn't have much money. I got, I think I got scurvy, which is like an ancient, which is an ancient virus because I was vitamin deficient because I was, didn't have much money and I was eating weird things like a boiled egg for breakfast on a giant plate. I remember one time came into the common room and I had this boiled egg and Karina, my German friend goes, what is this? Are you eating this on the plate with the boiled <laughs> egg? Is this all you're having for breakfast? I'm like, <laughs> I can't afford anything else. <laughs> and then I'd eat weird, like li- just licorice. And I remember eating oh, oh, some bizarre, not great things. But I think I ended up getting scurvy because I would have like a little scab on my chin <gasps> and then it would get bigger, but, you know, for no reason. And usually things weren't healing properly. Oh <laughs> that's terrible. I sound disgusting. As you can see, I probably didn't, you know, pick up many boys around that time. <laughs> Or you gave them scurvy. Well. Yeah. Can you pass on? Oh, no, no I, don't, I think it's just. But that's terrible. I know. So yes, I know what you mean. Mm. But so then it was a very, it was a hard thing for me morally. Mm. Sure, Ooh, tomorrow yes, everyone right. understands scurvy. Back to uh, Back being to deficient in other things <laughs> that are normal. Yeah. But yeah, I did. Um, so I I made this transition with the help of a, a doctor because you stop having I don't know if you know you stop having the digestive enzymes for meat after being a vegetarian oh, for so long no, I didn't in know your that. gut yeah so when you first start eating it you actually feel sick because your body can't digest it so yeah. I had to take enzymes which was great I had a really good um, naturopath kind of guiding me doing it slowly yeah. taking your time yeah. And oh. but the thing I'm now making up for it. I'm like a hardcore carnivore. <laughs> like, but are you eating all fat? like proper meats, like sustainable. Yeah, okay. Eco. Like as much as I can because when you're touring, it's very hard. Like going sure. into supermarkets and going, I can't find any organic meat. Um, I will not eat non-organic chicken. No, no, yeah. not uh, not yes. has not it doesn't free have to be range. organic, but it has to be hormone free. Yeah, and the meat I try and get local. As much as possible. Are you eating pork? Yeah, I love pork. Mm. There's some really good local pork in Victoria as well. Is there? Yeah. At the fringe the other day, you know how they have that giant spit and they have cooking ribs. No, I and haven't like pork. Like on a Is that in the really, garden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> like a huge thing. And I was like, Are they the people from Denmark? I don't know. 
I think they... But they, it was very hot got, and they were sweaty and they were standing over yes, this thing. I thought, oh, yes. doing that all day, curing some... Not curing, but cooking the, the pig oh on my the gosh. bed. And, but oh it did gosh. look good. Yeah. Being veg... Because Kai and I are somewhat vegetarian. Kai more so than me, oh, but... Oh, no. You know, yeah. so I was like... Mm. Yeah. So I sometimes love to... Yeah. yeah if we flip and flop. I don't know. That's probably good. You probably just you go think. where your body where your body thinks. And I think everyone's so different. That's the thing. Like, my body reacted amazingly like my hip I've got no hip pain now and I've been in pain for two years with this injury so I think my body was quite inflamed from grains and sugar Mm. and just you know I wasn't a bad they say dairy is not amazing is that right for inflammation very true I mean I'm quite lactose intolerant as well but I can have goat's cheese yeah how good is being lactose (laughs) so great oh my god you just poop your pants everywhere you you get bloated out of you oh Oh, god run to the toilet I did have something the other day yeah where was I and no I was in line I was waiting for one of the kids to get a face paint and the line was moving really slowly and I was like like dying when you have to like you're gonna die you have to go oh was it diarrhea well, you know, it was yeah, it was well, it was like weeing out of my bum. Let's face it, and that was from cheese. From it was just from I must have had. I'm trying to think, I can't think of what I had. It might have been like a sour cream, a little bit of sour cream. Oh, cream is a killer. Cream is no K- good. Cream. I we were on holiday in South Africa because Yonks is South African, and his brother made the most divine chocolate mousse, and it was literally just cream oh, and yeah. cacao. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite dessert. It lady. was divine, and I was like. I'll be fine. And you ate the whole thing. I took no, no, I couldn't. Like my body stops me. Like I, I'd had like sick. four teaspoons, and then I was like, okay, that's that's enough. Half an hour later, I was in pain all night. My stomach became like as hard as a rock. And we showed them because it's hard to explain to people who aren't lactose intolerant or gluten free because they just go, whatever. Lame. It's yeah. very hard to go. Actually, I'm avoiding this because otherwise, I actually get really sick. And so they, I could show them. I could go look look at my stomach, and they were like, "What?" Or you could show them what happened. Like, come with me to the toilet right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to see this? Do you? Okay. Now, do you believe yeah. me? Yeah. Oh my god. But it's it is painful, it and is. and then you you feel really uncomfortable. You feel like you've put on ten kilos in in thirty minutes, which happens like because the fluid retention. Oh, it's disgusting. Oh, so that's what it mm. is. I didn't know about the fluid retention. Yeah, because part of it. I think when you've got allergies, because I had a lot of allergies that I didn't know I had, um, and even if you don't feel sick immediately, your body holds on to water because it's inflammation. To so protect I protect it exactly. Yeah. So I had. I reckon I'm. I had this test that said I was allergic to almonds and walnuts and peanuts and I'm like no way I've eaten them my whole life what like peanuts yes but I don't have an allergic reaction but when I eat them now in conjunction with this gaps diet I'm doing this special anti-inflammatory diet when I eat nuts I get horrific diarrhea and I thought (laughs) horrific it's like it's yeah wow and I thought okay maybe I am at in some degree allergic but it's not in a different way, not in yeah. an anaphylactic way. No, it's a- just that my gut gets inflamed. And when I stop, like, for example, yesterday I was like, I am not touching a single nut today because I'm so tired of having chronic diarrhea. Um, <laughs> this is a lovely conversation, no, no, by the way. Can I- oh, sorry, continue. And then I'll ask you something no, else ask me. about performing because yeah. I, I don't know if it was linked to just the way my body is rigged. Mm. But before performing, not so bad now, but when I was younger – Literally debilitating cramps and, yep. you know, running to the loo. 
as a result of the anxiety and the, all that sort of stuff. And I just wonder if it's all sort of how my body deals with any sort of, not trauma, but you stress. Know, stress, yeah. Yeah, because actually, it's where it goes. actually you're right. I didn't think of that because I get that as well. And I hadn't had diarrhea for months and then I had one of my Edith gigs. <laughs> I just love this conversation. What do you call it? No, loose you're right. Loose stools. Yeah, loose stools. I hadn't had loose stools. I hadn't had LS for, for about um, – for months because I started this really strict diet and it was great and then I had an Edith gig at that, my other show that I do, the Edith Piaf yeah. show and that morning I woke up with chronic diet and I was like, oh, my God, it's linked. Just that little stress in yeah. our gut. Because yeah. even if we're not paralysed by nerves, you, there's a pressure, still, right? Yeah, you feel yeah. that. Um, but then what you just said about the stress thing is interesting because someone told me once that eating the wrong foods for your body is stressful on your body. Which makes sense. So you just made me click. <gasps> Maybe that's mm, Look it's what the stress. Done. It's the stress of the body. Oh, wow. I mean, we're just solving all the problems you of the could, world yeah, here. I know. But you could talk to your naturopath about that and get yeah, back to me and let me know. Yes. It could be the Fabulous. stress that your body experiences looking at milk or taking in milk going, oh, I can't do this. Mm. And then it just quickly gets rid of it. Sure. Because I would say my body reacts that way in any sort of stressful situation, mm. not just performing, mm. but any anxiety about something, you know, oh, I'm running, even just, oh, I'm running late and that little pang. Then or, you start running. I'm like, oh, 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 <laughs> please be a toilet there soon, you know, like, oh, even now talking about it. Oh, no. Me want to know. Don't worry, there's a toilet right there. Subject, yeah. subject, that's okay. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, moving on from that. But do you find you still have that performance anxiety or because you've been doing it so much now, you like, and you know it back to front, there's a little bit that you need to get you on stage, but you, it's sort of not like it was. Or did you ever have it? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. I remember when we were studying. Oh, that was the that worst. That was the worst. Like, I would be petrified mm. in those repertoire lessons. We would stand up just oh to give you God. an idea. You'd have to stand up in front of the whole music school, which was first, second, third years, and all singers, students, all singers, all singers studying. And you had to stand up and sing your song and then you would be ripped apart. <laughs> ripped to shreds. <laughs> literally. What were you doing wrong? How you, and you would literally get up there and be like mm. shaking and, mm. you know, breathless. And it was per- performance anxiety at its worst. And I Definitely. just – and some – a few people could do it without being phased, but there'd be some people in tears. Yeah. Do you – I reckon I was in tears a few times. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah. It was scary. So not but only the great. students but also mm. the teachers were, you know – I mean, it was ne- they weren't being negative, but it was just the thought that you would could be st- – you know, you'd stand there and they'd tell you what was – you know, how you could improve your performance, which was probably all of it ah, in my case. So. But this, this was – I think this is the conversation I've had a few times with Yonks about – this weird career that we do Mm. and I had a few meltdowns in the creation of this show because we're literally doing a job where we're asking people Mm. to criticize us and that's so depressing with this show when I'm like sending songs off to people to to check or to this or to that and I'm like I just can't have any more I just from people in the industry do you mean or you mean the audience industry industry audience I'm fine but they want you to do well well of course and I want Mm. I want I, I thrive on on feedback, on negative fe- I thrive on someone going, hey, yeah. why don't you why don't you put um, another chorus there? You know, I, I thrive on that. Um, or that doesn't work so well. I don't like, you yeah. know, well, change that's great. that. I love, to be I love that stuff. But it gets exhausting. Like in that, the thing of putting yourself out there, you're putting your vulnerability out there and then you're putting yourself out there for someone to go, no, that doesn't work. I want you to do this and this, which is also just someone's opinion. But I respect that because of their experience and, I just want to make the show as good as it can be. Yeah. 
bits where I totally went no, off track That's about point. nerves. The thing that makes me nervous is if I'm underprepared. 100%. So I am obsessed with being really, really prepared. Knowing it back to front. Absolutely. And that's why I did six previews of the show before I did the world premiere in Adelaide because I was like, I'm not getting on the Adelaide Cabaret Festival stage and not and, and I'm not going to be nervous about forgetting words. Yeah. But that was yeah. my main thing. So I did six in Melbourne, which is the best thing I ever did. Yeah. So by the time I got to Adelaide, I didn't actually have to worry about the content of the show. And when I just did it here uh, in <laughs> actually in Perth, every I did four shows in Perth before Adelaide just then and after every night I changed the script wow so I edited stuff put stuff back in took stuff out da, 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 da. and so every night was like this mental exercise for me to to remember which kind of kept me on my toes so that's where the nerves come in for me mm. if I'm not prepared but like on the other night I did a that gig for Chanteurs and I was just had so much fun I was like a little bit of a buzz in my stomach but mm. not nervous because I, I it was all improv and it was all just something that I'd done before and yeah not you knew it back to front yeah. that you can and that's the beauty that's when you can enjoy it that's when I, I realized that's true once you pass that you go I've got this in the bag mm. this is the fun part and I think I never ever got to the fun part um years ago you really? know and it's only been in my 30s that I'm like ah. Oh, Okay. I reckon, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. <laughs> now we, I know, I get it now. Yeah. Can you actually do a bit of chanteuse? Can you say something? Now. Say, yes, do it. What do you want me to say? Well, how's things in France? Ugh, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, in France, the people are just better than in Australia. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Why, why is that? They, they have uh, the culture, the, the wine, the food, the... Uh, the men? The men, uh, the, uh, the buildings, you know. <laughs> okay, can I just can say, <laughs> this bit is the worst. <laughs> uh, uh, it's so French. Because, yes, I was just going to say, French people... <gasps> oh, 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 even their... Oh, is French. But I love like French. No, it's so good, isn't it? Because you, so you lived there for a, a while. Lived there. We lived for four years. Yeah. And, and I lived for a year before that before I met Yonks. Um, yeah, I was obsessed. I went between year 11 and 12 for three months and I reckon, I still say to this day, if I didn't have to come back for year 12, I'm pretty sure I would have stayed. Stayed I was, working at what, oh, like a winery No, I was at school. I, was, I went to school. On your exchange for yeah. a couple months, yeah. But I was obsessed and I came oh. back and I thought I was French. Oh, my God, you would have been. I was Did like, you rock up at, off the, air, the aircraft? Air, oh, my God, what yes. year am I talking well, from? Well, it was from the airplane, yeah, and with yeah. a little beret and a little no i did i because i was in vogue you know it wasn't like oh, i wasn't no. like a, a um typical typical french, french person i was like no i was actually so I, had a, I had a scarf oh my goodness because we all wore scarves and a shirt and i had put on <laughs> this speaking of allergies in the three months that i was there i put on 10 kilos you know how small 10? i am yeah hang on that would have been i would i need to see a photo because i will get you on i think <laughs> But what it was, I was drinking a bowl of Champagne their Milo milk thing oh. in at night before bed. Like they have these really traditional things that they eat and I'm like, I'm just going to eat what I have to – and the baguettes and everything. I was so ill. But I did it. So you put on 10 kilos, but what's this about the French people not getting fat? Well, it, it's a very interesting thing. They – I think it's there. I think because I'm from Australia and it's all a novelty and I'm just eating all this More stuff. More than what you should. But also I'm allergic. 
So I'm eating. I'm putting <laughs> You're on bloating fluid, basically. Um, but there, it's there's this beautiful book called um, Why the French Are Skinny or something. Yeah, have there you is. seen it? Yes, it's really, I have. And it does talk about. And I I was just there recently with my French brother, like just hanging out. And it, they eat. First thing is that they eat on the dot at midday, like every day. Wow. They they're very in a routine, which I think is very important for metabolism. I I don't know, but yes. I've heard. Um, word on the street is word on the street. Eating properly yeah, helps exactly. <laughs> um, but also they eat very small portions. Yes, so they're tricking you. So you're like, we're eating all the time, and you're eating triple the amount. Mm, exactly. And they're like, oh, I just had one bite of the camembert. That's what I mean. Like yeah. they have. I was always I I was even watching myself then when I was over there, and they'd have like a little steak. And then they'd have salad, and then they'd have cheese, and then that you know, and then they'd have a yogurt, and that was their dinner. Or they'd have vegetables as well. But I'd be like, "Oh, can I have more steak?" Or you know, yeah. But they just go <laughs> dum 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 dum. Yeah. And then they're done, or they'll have a, a corner of camembert, whereas I'll have half a block. Oh my god! <laughs> but how do you stop at one corner of camembert? That, well, that's the thing. They they they're all about quality. Goo, le goo, the taste. You know, mm-hmm. like it's all about the taste and and enjoying. Also, they sit down for three hours to eat their meals. I like that sitting down. I think down. it's beautiful. I and love that. It's so beautiful. And like we we went for lunch recently at my um, – I call him my French brother. You, you remember Charles here. Yeah, yes. Um, at his uncle and auntie's place. We arrived at midday and we were still eating at 3 o'clock and literally eating. Like it was just this very slow, lovely little entree, like four little prawns. Oh, my goodness. Then the fish for lunch – then some vegetable, then some salad, then some cheese, then some yogurt. Yogurt after the cheese. Where's the champagne coming in? And the oh, the champagne was at the beginning. Thing. Okay, good. Um, I reckon that's why because they take it's like a degustation. Ta- it's a degustation, and they but that's how they eat most meals. Like, how do they get anything done with so many little meals? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's like a weekend thing. It's yeah. No, no. It's it's like they come home at lunchtime. Oh, I love that idea, the European you, yeah. come like the Spanish and do. And the, exactly. Oh. And the kids, like he's got two kids who are, well, whatever, they're little, but they're at kindy and school. And at kindy and school, the kids go and they sit down and they eat in a cafeteria with – they sit at tables at three years old and they have three-course meals. Yeah. When I was at school in France, I, you go through and you collect your salad, you collect your meat, you collect your vegetables, you collect your cheese for the after plate and you collect your dessert. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And it costs them like $2 a day. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So I love it's, it. it. It's a culture around health. And really. quality food. Quality food and this healthy mindset. Like even my Charles said, he's got, he said, look at all this cupboard full of chocolates and lollies. And he said, we've done this because that's how I grew up. I grew up with access to it, so I, it was never a special treat for me, so I'm not that well, interested. Yeah, it shouldn't be a treat. This is yeah. such a hard thing. It's kids. such a hard thing. I mean, used I to bribe children. them so many times. I know. But oh, he gives well. them access and they're not even interested. Four-year-old's like, meh, I don't want a biscuit. I'm Maybe like, I'll start that. Maybe I'll be like, help yourself whenever you want. <laughs> Three weeks later, my kids be rolling what? out of there. This vomiting, is the best. Yeah, yeah. But I guess once you, they learn, then they're like, uh. You could try it. It'd be such an interesting experiment. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, maybe not because I'd probably eat it too. I have to hide in the pantry and eat 
like biscuits because <laughs> yeah. they and they hear the crinkling of the packet. No way. And Wolfie comes in and goes, "Mummy, what you eating?" Oh, no. And I have to close my mum. Be like, "Oh," and it could be a Tim Tam. I'm oh trying to God, sneak. So I can't even enjoy it. That's so sad. I'll be like peanuts. <laughs> I'll be eating medicine. I'll be eating something an adults do. Disgusting. Brussels sprouts in the pantry. No one oh wants that God, anyway. No. But yeah, is it a be- it's a beautiful kind of culture. I do love it. And me a bit of French. Oh no, me too. I love that you based all your characters around this Francois, this passion in oh, your life. Yeah, it is. It is a passion. It's an obsession. Yeah, it is. I think we need a toilet break because I'm getting nervous. Don't get nervous. Poo. No, I'm just We've joking. got lots of toilet But paper. we do have the G-spot. Do you want to do that with me? What's the G-spot? You'll find out. Here we go. It's the G-spot. Okay, ladies. So the G-spot. This is like a little guilty spot. I want to find out if you're guilty or not guilty. Oh, my gosh. But I'm going to ask nervous. you a couple of questions. Yeah. You're nervous? Yeah. No. Now I'm nervous. I'm going to do a nervous you, poo. Are you going to do a nervous <laughs> poo? On the spot. <laughs> Please don't. No, I won't. Stink. Okay. Oh, well, this is actually, it's not that crazy, but have mm. you ever wanted to be something else other than a performer just because being do, doing performing is just too hard sometimes? Yes. Like, like <laughs> I should just give it up and be a freaking dentist or a, I don't know, something Gil- else. Guilty. A, yeah. Yeah, right. 100%. Yeah. I want to be an... an Chinese doctor. <laughs> like, please, can I just do I'm something serious. else? Actually, no, you said that. Yeah, I do, I'm serious. Yeah, I at just, some point, like at some g- point, you just go, I don't think I can do this anymore. Yep. Because it's so full on, isn't it? Yeah. Just the constant, it's all, so much effort that goes into it. The pressure. It is. The pooping of your pants. The pooping the of your pants. <laughs> and, and like things like, um, you know, we're going to South Africa again this Christmas, say for five weeks. Because your partner's South African. Because my, my husband's right. South African. If I do the fringe next year, which I will, that means that my five-week holiday is not a holiday. Mm. When I was in South Africa two years ago, I was writing this show every day. your ukulele, right? On my ukulele. <laughs> yeah, I had to buy a new ukulele because I forgot my ukulele in Australia. What an idiot. But it does take over your life and it's a very weird career because – and people do – people are lovely, they understand, but some people don't understand. But mm. you're like, if I don't do this now, it's not going to get done. I need to spend this time writing mm. because – I can't go, oh, well, I'll do my work in three weeks' time. If I'm not inspired in three weeks' time, nothing's going to come out. Now, I, it's funny you say this. I'm mm. just going to take what you just Please said do. if you're not inspired because yeah. I went to a workshop, a comedy writing workshop the other day and was told that someone said, oh, look, we don't believe in this whole idea of um, getting the juices flowing, the creative inspiration. It's, you can do it any old time. You just need the right formula and that it was a formula. And I kind of went, I disagree mm. because I, a lot of stuff I've written mm. was in, inspired at that time. I just had to keep writing. Whereas another part in my life, I just wouldn't have been able to write songs. I mean, maybe it pertains to comedy writing for screen or something. Maybe there's something. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but I, don't, I was just thinking, no, there is such a thing as you need to be in the creative frame of mind to do something. So, mm. yeah. So waiting for that opportunity to strike. It's like, it's now or never. Yeah, it's, that's what yeah. it feels like, isn't it? Yeah. And I remember with this show being in the middle of doing something else and then having a light bulb moment about a song mm. and then going, oh, fuck. And then going and sitting at the piano and just writing because I'm like, if I don't do it now, it's not going to. It's going to go. I'm going to lose it. It's going to go. Lose it. Maybe, it w- maybe it wouldn't go though, but I can't do nine to five in a, like some people do that in studio thing. Oh, nine studio, to five yes. In the studio writing, then they go home and that's it. 
but I'm yeah I'm like you it's I'm, ad hoc I need, when yeah. it happens yeah when it happens, when it happens, it happens. I'm so guilty about that. Yes, guilty. <laughs> oh, here's another performer-related one. Do you judge other performers when you're in the audience and you're watching someone, particularly maybe if they're doing the same sort of thing you are, like a female singer or mm. a performer, do you judge them? I don't know if it's judging. Look, you got a <laughs> smile. You do. Well, look, I don't know if it's judging. It's that I, it's it's actually quite painful because you see – a lot of the faults because we're trained and I only put it down to that's our profession. It's like a doctor um, doing an examination and going, oh, look, that's not quite right. Like they're trained to see that. So because we're trained, Mm. we can hear the voice. Mm. We can hear if the voice isn't supported. We can hear – we can we can what, where they were going with that scene or that joke they were doing that didn't yeah. quite work. Oh, I'm that, not. Yeah. So, I don't think I'm so good with that. I think oh. it's more the technical stuff oh, like yeah, singing, singing and yeah, you can hear. Oh, I didn't quite make that. And note. if and I do like I don't judge, but I do. If I'm drifting off during the show, I do go okay. There's something missing in their show. But then again, it's probably just me. It's just my opinion because other people are loving, loving it. it. Yeah. I saw something it's, the other day, and I oh, was yeah. almost wanting to produce it in my head again. I thought, mm. "Oh, I've kind of gone to that stage," as opposed to, "Yes, this is no good." That's I'm like, "This it. is all great," that's but they, oh, if they just did X, Y, Z, this could be amazing. But that's I, according to me, not exactly. according to other people. Exactly, everyone loved it. But I think I'm the same. It's not like a, "Oh my god, that's so bad." Judging, it's going, "Oh wow, if they just did this or." If if they had some training, you know, because it is about – I think it's about um, training and stuff as well. Mm. I think it's really important as an artist to keep training. And, yeah. and too many people stop. They, they think, do. They think they've got it. I mean, maybe that's just my personality as well. I'll never think that I've got it ever. Um, but I think <laughs> – Keep working on yeah, it. Yeah, I think training – and because it keeps you really open-minded and you learn more like – you know, definitely. You if discover we stopped, new things all the time and you, everything's maturing, your voice, for example, totally. or the way you see uh, your your craft is developing. Totally. And I agree with you, yeah. lady. So, mm, so, so not, not, not really judging. guilty. Yeah. yeah. It's more – it's it's an Critiquing. annoying thing. Yeah, but it's annoying, isn't it? Because you, you, you can't enjoy, enjoy it. it. I said that to my mum the other day. I did that with movies. Day. I said, I'm not being a bitch, I'm just – I can't see my just go, woo. I think when you do see a performer though and you don't think of any of those things, you go, wow, they've nailed it. Because exactly. Like I would say with your show, oh. <laughs> being that you're my Put friend as well, <laughs> I don't want you, you know, I want you to do well, but I was just taken away by your oh, story. Good. So I, you know, that's good. wasn't going, Michaela, come on, what's with what's going on with that yeah. note? <laughs> where where are you? Anyway. Where's your brain? <laughs> we missed that word. <laughs> oh, my God, I know so much. Jesus. Help me. You do. Okay. Well, okay. Moving on. Next um, Next one. Have you ever just hated a yoga class? Because you do yoga sometimes, don't you? Yeah, I used to do a lot of yoga. Now I don't. Did you ever just go, have you gone, I just don't want to be doing yes, this Yes, do you know what? I hate this But right not, not, my, not the yoga that I grew up with. When I toured, um, when I did, a, I was doing a tour with the theatre company from Adelaide and the stage manager and I, we found all the yoga centres wherever we went, which was awesome. And some of them I hated. Like Why I, did you hate them? Um, because I've come from Kensington School of Yoga, which has a really strong lineage back to Iyengar. And it's a very, very clear, safe, like you feel safe in the classes because the teachers know what they're doing. Like they're just beyond, sure. beyond talented and they've studied and they're not preaching anything that they don't know. I think the ones that I've not enjoyed are when they 
they're not connected to the class. They're just doing their own the thing and thing. you have to copy it. And look at me and how stretchy I am. Yeah. Oh, I'm so stretchy. Look at you, not so and stretchy. Not about, <laughs> exactly. And it's not about stretching. Like, yeah. And that, that's this yoga school as well. They always – you go to your limit. You know, she's got pregnant people in the class. She's got people with I injuries. I did one went once with you and oh, Rachel and I was pregnant. It was that one. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't move much Amazing. but it was quite nice and relaxing. And they're good, you know. They they – got you to do different poses than us even if you're menstruating i love that word if you got your period they give you different moves yeah which you can't let all the blood rush to your head <laughs> but you know they're the ones i don't enjoy when you go and they don't even ask if you've got your period they don't even ask if you're pregnant they just do the class generically without and also they put music on i can't handle the music oh, <laughs> like it's very and you like no yeah and it's just like hang on we're supposed to be i mean this is just my feet because my experience experience my fun the fun that I had with yoga and the experience was that it helped me get in contact with myself and I feel like when you put music on you just like you go into your head because you well maybe because we're musical as well you're it's listening probably to a it. bit of a you're bigger distraction listening. yeah I find that when, when they do that when you go get a m- massage I don't like yeah. the music yeah I'm like, okay this is kind of annoying me and then I become quite stressed yes 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 <laughs> I think I maybe that. it's because we're musical maybe because do you listen to the radio in the car no. Yeah, me neither. No. I listen to podcasts. Oh, what enough. a coincidence. My own. You're no right. kidding. Yeah. I don't listen to I'm going to listen to your podcast Well, now. you better. You're on it. Well, you will, oh, of course. I How conceited is that? As if. So self-indulgent. I, I listen I'm to a podcast. Or oh, one of them. And I, it was me. Just one in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, my favorite. This is my favorite question I ask everyone. Have you ever shoplifted in your lifetime? <sighs> yes. When I was about, I reckon we were at school. It was with a friend in the Maya Center. And I took this necklace and I took it back. I was so I, I felt like, what so kind of, ill. Like an expensive necklace. No, no, no. It was like in a in a in a sort of bin oh. in one oh. of those bins where they have all like yes. And it was probably like five dollars or something. And I bought it back. Why did you take it in the first place? Because my friend was like, "Oh, we should oh. steal something." But oh, because I come from pressure. a shop a, sh- a shop owning family, oh my god, I felt ill. Mm, yeah, of course, the guilt. Oh, it was to- guilty. Wow, talk talk about a guilty. Um, yeah, that's a guilty yeah. shoplifting experience. But that's as far as I've gone. I think when you come from a, a retailing family, you just can't. No, you wouldn't. You, you s- understand from the other because end what been, that's all about. Yeah, there's been a lot of stealing. And you bought it back. So when you bought it back, did you have to tell them or you just slipped it no, into I, the bin? No, I, I bought it back and just put it in the bin. Oh. Because they didn't have tags on them or anything. It no. wasn't an expensive well, thing. Imagine if you'd had to go up to the desk no, and say, excuse me, I stole this. <laughs> Do you mind? Give it back. Oh, but I think that. my friend who I stole with, I think she stole quite a lot actually. She kept on stealing. Yeah. Well, she was the instigator yeah. in the beginning, wasn't yeah. she? There was. I was going to say, I don't thank you for a stealer. No. But nothing recently? No. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You'll be surprised. Really? Yep. Josh, uh, who was on the other week, told me that he stole a plunger. From where? Bunnings. But that's bad. Well, because – no, no, accidentally though. These oh, are all well, accidental. A, yeah, it's not the oh, same. okay, accidental I know, how sad. I oh, just yeah. want to hear that's people say, stealing. I stole something. Oh, I could I not imagine Joshy Bear mm. picking up a plunger and walking out of Bunnings with it. No, because he said they were sold separately, the stick and the plunger part. How ridiculous that's is that? That's hilarious. So he put the stick and the plunger and He just swiped one of them. Yeah, and swiped one of them because oh, he'd put it oh, together. That's not stealing. No. I mean, you could, if you went that far, I've been, I went shopping in an organic shop once and walked out, it was in Melbourne actually, and I walked out and it was like $10 and you know, you can't walk out of an organic shop paying $10 for stuff. Like it, it's always <laughs> no. like $60, $170 for exactly. your turmeric. Exactly. Yeah. And, and organic bread. 
And I got into the car and then I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on, there's something wrong. And I got the receipt out and she hadn't charged me for like two things. I had tahini and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I didn't go back. Didn't charge Because I was like, you know what? Rip I can't be bothered. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was home and I was like, I just can't be bothered. I just – anyway, it was her mistake. Well, that's Probably right. should have gone back. I usually check and then I go straight back. But I was like, I'm not going to go back. So maybe yeah. that's stealing as well. Time is precious. Well, is it really? It's an burden. You didn't know. I it's didn't fine. know. Yeah, that's not. That's yeah. not. That's okay. You're okay. I'll let you off the hook with that one. Thank you. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for coming on The Guilt Trip and having thank a chat you. with me. What's your next move with performing? I'm, what you doing? I'm going to – we're going to Dalesford with my Edith Piaf oh, show. Beautiful. Yeah, with our Edith Piaf show. Michaela does a beautiful Edith Piaf <laughs> show. And she just she nails her oh, big well. time. Nails her in the head. In the, <laughs> or, or the other way. But uh, no, she does yeah, – yeah. she does a brilliant uh, job. So if you're in the Dalesford area. Yeah. And then we've got – we've I've got Migrant Son in – Dubbo in wow. the 13th of April and Hobart Festival of Voices on the 7th of – I hope I'm allowed to say this. Maybe they haven't been released. But, yeah, I'm going I'm going many places with both shows this year, which Cheering. is so cool. Brilliant. Make it's sure so you bring cool. all your enzymes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to bring all my enzymes. And don't bring nuts. No. Okay. Oh. And find some nice yoga places. Okay. I all will. Right. All right, lady. Thank, Thank you, you for so coming much. On. See you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm sorry. So sorry. Mindful? Oh, I'm so sorry. Guilty. The Guilt Trip.